Welcome to the Valmica Property Investing Podcast, where I, your host, share the key to success in the Australian property investing market. I'm the founder of Valmica Buyers Agency. You can find us at valmicaproperty.com. The contents of this podcast are the personal opinion of your host and are intended for entertainment purposes only. Any financial advice must be obtained from your trusted financial advisor or a qualified professional. In this episode, titled Navigating Real Estate Market Cycles, this is going to be an interesting one because we're going to discuss the four phases that we go through in the property investing cycle, and I'll give you some good tips on how to navigate them and take advantage of them fully as you would in a financial market perspective. Let's dive straight into it. The four cycles, or should we say, uh, property investing cycles. They would be the recovery phase or the recovery cycle, the expansion cycle, the hyper supply cycle, and then the recession cycle. If you recall in previous podcasts, I mentioned that the property market in most developed countries around the world, and especially so in Australia, is treated more like a financial instrument. And therefore, the investing mindset that you apply to this category of asset class should be one of a financial instrument. And that's very closely tied into with what's going on with the financial markets. So in the first phase that we're going to discuss, and it's actually one that we're going through right now, and this is what we call the recovery phase. So what are the characteristics of a recovery phase? In the recovery phase, the property prices are low compared to history. So we still have seen not a full recovery in the property prices in and around Australia. However, they are off the low. They're not, they haven't reached the peak that we had in 2021, but they are still at a discount to that peak. So they are at low prices. And the investor sentiment is cautious. So the investor sentiment is slowly returning, but it is one of a cautious um, attitude when applying the trigger, so to speak, in actually acquiring the properties. So let's give a real life example. So currently in Australia, we had what we call the bear market last year, where we had this increase, a sharp increase in interest rates, and we saw a large decline in stocks around the world. And they are a leading indicator of what's going to happen in property. So we had that bear phase where we had that drop in prices. But since February, there has been a regain on interest. There's been a recovery on interest in the actual property market. And this is because we saw a low in the property market, the, the way the stocks had um, reached. So they started a trend a trend, an increasing trend, so that marked a low. We also talked about, and you see a lot in the media, and you see it a lot with monetary policy, whereby there's a lot of talk of the peak in the interest rate hiking cycle. Because there's the, the talk of the peak of the interest rate hiking cycle, those investors and those property um, purchases that were sitting on the sideline have started venturing back into the market. So you see this recovery happening. 
However, it is a slow and a measured approach. What are the strategies in such a recovering phase? In a recovery phase, you've got more time to apply your thinking towards the market. Do your due diligence, do your research, identify undervalued properties. And you've got, it is still a buyer's market, so you've still got the power to negotiate on your terms. So using these two skill sets in a recovery phase allows you to acquire properties with confidence. And I do mean confidence because you are in the recovery phase. So there is that level of confidence, obviously not as much as you would have an expansion phase, which we're going to discuss next. But there is that confidence to execute, but you've got the time to negotiate more favorable terms for your, for your own portfolio. So use it and use it wisely. The next phase is the most obvious phase that, re that leads after recovery phase, and that is the expansion phase. So what are the characteristics of an expansion phase? They are characterized by rising prices and an increase in demand. So let's take an example. After COVID in 2020, we saw a sharp uh, decline in interest rates. This is through monetary policies where reserve governments around the world cut interest rates sharply. This injected a huge, huge amount of cash into the system and improved the affordability of using debt, cheap cash to acquire property. And as a result, there was this huge demand that came into the market. And in 2021, you saw a massive bull market in Australia. So that's, that's a classic example of an expansion phase where the demand just outstrips the supply. And as a result, it's, the, the property prices just increase exponentially off the back of that huge demand, outstripping that supply. So what are the strategies for investors here? Ideally, you would have liked to be in a property uh, investment or have pulled the trigger on, on a couple of properties prior to this expansion phase, because this is when you get the most growth. So smart investors that are on top of these cycles are already in. What you do as a strategy is if you're not in, and especially if it's the start of expansion phase, you try and group your portfolio and you leverage the existing properties to gear yourself up to take advantage of this next bull market. You look at buying in high growth areas, and I'll do a separate podcast on how to identify high growth areas, and it's all got to do with the statistics around those suburbs and the economy around those areas. So we'll go into that in another book, uh, podcast. And then also you must diversify your portfolios to take advantage of the expansion phase and then acquire high yielding properties to keep you, keep you in the game, which I have mentioned in other podcasts. Then moving on, and this is the next phase, and we call it the hyper supply phase. Now in the hyper supply phase, what, how this is characterized is through excessive construction and potential oversupply. It's also got to do with the interest rates cycle. So if we take 2022 as an example, um, we, we saw a huge increase in interest rates. And as a result, the investors who are watching the market closely, who identified a decline in the stock market, because that's a leading indicator and a consistent decline in the stock market, they hang 
they hung back, the demand decreased substantially, and as a result, the supply of properties in the market outstripped the demand. So you just you had this hypersupply phase, and this is a classic example of a bear market. Another good example of a hypersupply phase. If you took the going back to COVID again, as COVID hit, you you had a lack of confidence, you had a lack of confidence in the economy, and as a result, there was a stimulus, massive stimulus drive um, that came into the system. And then it started the next bull market. However, we had a classic example of a split between uh, the classes of property within the property category. And what I mean there is through units versus houses. So at that time, there was an increase of there was an oversupply, especially in the rental market, of apartments in the Sydney CBD. But then the demand transferred to houses. And that was because of the shift of being able to work from home. Therefore, people getting rid of their small units closer to the city to get bigger lifestyle um, opportunities further out from the city. So that's also an example of a hypersupply phase. So I split between the, the, the two different property um, classes. So the hypersupply phase is my most exciting phase and it's because of where the most opportunity is created you would you want to be in a situation and this is a situation where you are cash flush and you're able to take advantage of pre-approved um, debt and gearing in these scenarios because and the reason because is you are going to acquire properties on discount you're going to have um, superior advantages. You'll have the huge edge when it comes to um, negotiations on these properties because there's just so much supply. There's no competition from buyers to buy it. So this is your best time to buy. I will discuss a little bit later in this podcast on how to identify these supply, high supply, supply phases. And moving on to the next phase, and the next phase is also what I it's, it's hard to say that you know recession is never good for any economy, but it is great for opportunity. And that's the next phase. That's the recession phase. So what happens in a recession phase? A, a recession phase is where property prices decline and demand weakens. And a very, very good example of this was in the 2007-2008 financial market crisis. So the GFC great financial crisis. So what happened here was there was this subprime market that imploded. And what happened there, the, um, there was different categories of class product included in debt packages. So they would include some A-grade credit rated properties. And then to increase the yield or the, the the interest rate on those products by financial bankers, they would throw in some very low grade quality um, mortgages into that, and that in, increased the interest rate of that product because of that higher risk. But they classified it more as triple A grade quality um, debt products when in fact they weren't. And then um, the 
the actual subgrade mortgages, um, so classified as subprime, started to default. And as a result, these highly geared debt products that had these mortgages um, structures incorporated in them started to default. And as a result, those A-grade quality um, um, fixed income um, products started to default as well. And there was a complete lack of confidence, complete lack of confidence, so much so that it infected the banks um, uh, in, a, in a big way because they provide a lot of these products and um, banks are, the, are very highly geared um, company structures in nature. So the lack of confidence just causes a collapse in the banking system. And that resulted in a massive recession in the economy, lack of confidence, people losing their jobs. And in a recession phase like this, you see a massive decline in, in properties. So the dem demand falls off completely. Everyone is, is struggling, so they all put their houses on the market to sell. So the supply increases um, substantially. So the hyper supply phase just grows, just grows more momentum. And as a result, properties just go on for sale. Now, this is the best phase if you're cash flush to take advantage of. But how do you see a hyper supply phase and a re recession phase? coming in and this is where I tie it back to my comment at the beginning of this podcast relating to property being a financial instrument so it is very very closely linked to the financial market system the financial market system has leading indicators the leading indicators are the stock market and the stock market reflects the economic situation on, on the world economy and in individual economies basically straight away. So it looks forward and it sees the economic slowdown through the data coming through and traders will um, price that in to the stock market by showing the decline in stock market prices. If you see economic data coming in weak and it's persistently weak, and economists are warning of it being weak, you'll see that traders will improvise a recession coming. And you'll see that through a steep um, financial market decline in stock prices. A bear market is classified when stocks decline by 20% or lower. And if you see a persistent um, trend of declining um, uh, prop, um, stock market prices, you will know inherently that there will be a lag before it happens in the property market. So it's always worthwhile being close to what's going on in the financial market system. Secondly, the other important leading indicator has got to do with monetary policy, and that's got to do with what's happening with the reserve banks. So the reserve banks are a very, very important driver for economic stability. And in times of distress, you will see monetary policy being loosened. So there'll be interest rate cuts. And in times of um, economic progress, where there's inflation worries from overheating economies, you'll see interest rate hikes. So in a scenario where you see interest rate hiking cycle, you know that the economy is going to be slowing down. And that's a time to be able to re regroup, try and get cash flush, um, and 
wait out your opportunity to buy in the next bear market because interest rates going up will cause a bear market. And the best time to become cash flush is in an overheated market when the market is overly confident, when you're in a huge expansionary phase because it can't last forever. So when property stocks are valued at high PE ratios, where the market is becoming over leveraged and purchasing um, properties um, like mad by pushing property prices up higher exponentially when debt is too cheap and it allows the demand to exceed exceed the supply on a, in a large a large large factors this is a sign that the market's overheating the potential next market cycle will be interest rate hikes which will slow down the market so it might be an opportunity to uh, free up some cash whether it be in selling the maybe the, the best performing um, properties where the yields are just exceptionally low and it's just not sustainable or releasing some of your other properties whereby you think you would have had better opportunities to get into other assets so that's taking advantage of the financial market system in property investing is a very very good skill to have and it's one that we at Valmica like to practice and like to refine on as we are we are ex um, um, financial market traders and and ex financial market investment bankers that have moved into the property cycle to bring that institutional mindset to the person on the street moving on let's talk about the auction clearance results for this weekend ending the 24th of september 2023 New South Wales had a good auction clearance rate this week end, and that's clearing at 71.5% with Sydney clearing at 74%. Anecdotally, I do see auctions not going as well as people expect. I do find that the real estate agents are having to work a lot harder to get those property prices um, up at the auctions. However, it's still great opportunity. It's, we are in the recovery phase to acquire assets now. So I, I do strongly encourage people to, to take the opportunity before the next bull market happens, which will be, in my view, towards the end of next year. Queensland had a clearance of 60%, with Brisbane at 70%, so more or less con more consistent with the previous weeks. Victoria clearing at 69.5%, with Melbourne at 70.5%. Western Australia is an interesting one because it doesn't have as an efficient auction system as the eastern side of the country. They, they rely more on um, negotiation by a private treaty. So auction clearance results there are a little bit misleading. However, anecdotally, with our feelers on the ground in what's going on in Perth, my understanding is there is more of a demand for houses than units. And there seems to be a shortage, more of a shortage of housing that people um, are looking to acquire. So the demand for houses seems to be outstripping the demand for units in Perth. And that's some anecdotal conversations that I've been having on the ground. Um, and then obviously the still the, the strongest auction clearance rate in the country is still with South Australia with Adelaide clearing at 84% and the state clearing at 83%. I hope this um, 
episode was insightful and it added value to you. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Valmica Property Investing Podcast. I hope you found our discussion insightful and empowering. If you are interested in finding out more about our services at Valmica Buyers Agency, visit our website at valmicaproperty.com. There you'll discover how we can assist you in making informed decisions and achieving your property goals. See you on the next episode.